Father, in Jesus' name, give me unlimited access to your mind and into your heart. Let me speak your word and let me be a blessing to somebody here. In Jesus' name, amen. Okay, we've been looking at God giving ideas. We defined what an idea is. And I said that anytime your eye sees a problem and your ear hears a problem, your mind produces a solution. It produces answers. It's automatic. That is called an idea. Whether it will work or not, that is not a problem. Your mind must develop a response to a problem. Anytime you see a problem and your mind does not trigger a solution, it means that you are a very unconcerned person. No, people can ignore, can just ignore problems and they don't care. But you must be a citizen of this world, a global citizen, and develop solutions to problems. Our anchor scripture was Genesis 41. And I established that the greatness of Joseph was not because he interpreted the dreams of Pharaoh, but was because after he has interpreted the dream, he gave Pharaoh's ideas, ideas to solve the problem. Because Joseph was not the first person to interpret the dreams of Pharaoh. Pharaoh had been having dreams and had people in his house called the wise men who were interpreting his dreams for him. But this particular dream, God reserved the interpretation for Joseph. But after Joseph had interpreted the dream, Joseph developed an idea that solved the problem he had. We spoke about the four stages of ideas. The worrying stage, the thinking stage, the innovation stage, and the invention stage. And then we spoke about the state of your mind and how it affects how you generate ideas. We spoke about your mindset. We spoke about your mind shift. We spoke about your mind speed. We spoke about your mind scope. And then we discuss your mind sight. And then we discuss on your mind scar. Then we spoke about the 10 types of people that go through problems and how they respond. The 10 types of people that go through problems and how they respond. So, we spoke about the informed person, the intelligent person, the ideal person, the initiative person, the interrogative person, the imitative person, the incredible person, the inferior person, the immoral person, and then the intentional person. All these people respond to ideas differently. Last two weeks, we spoke about the idea cycle. Oh, I love this one. I love this one. So we spoke about inspiration. And then we spoke about incubation. And then we spoke about innovation. And then we spoke about invention. So now, today, 
Six types of ideas. Six types of ideas. Six types of ideas. Number one. Number one is creative ideas. Creative ideas. Original ideas generated by people who see differently, who think differently, and who act differently. You see, one of the most difficult things to do is to try to be different. You know, what people will celebrate about you is what makes you different from them. But that is the same thing they will fight when you are trying to be different. I was asked one day what type of pastor I am, and I'm saying I'm not a typical charismatic pastor. And that has been a major problem for me, where people think that I should teach about certain lines, and I've chosen to teach certain things that are different. Because my purpose is to make you heavily conscious and utterly effective, instead of making you heavily conscious and utterly useless. There are many, many, many Christians. My whole concept, my whole idea is that people make decisions based on information. And there are people, the last time they sat in classroom is about five years ago. So the only source of information by which they make decisions is what they hear from the pulpit. So the pastor must preach sermons that is true to scripture. If I preach a sermon, it must be based on the Bible. It must have biblical basis. Number two, I believe that my sermon must also be true to reason. If a philosopher was in here, if an intellectual comes to church, he should be able to relate with what I preach. Then number three, my sermon should be true to life. If an Awuza Coco seller comes to church this, this morning, he must receive something that will change his business by tomorrow morning. So, so I'm teaching you your path, how to respond to God. Amen. Are, are you here with me? Now, one of the greatest things you can do is how to think differently, act differently, and see differently. Creative people generate ideas, original ideas, because they see differently. And I'll show you something right now. Can we go to 1 Samuel 17 from verse 4 to 11? I'll show you something. A champion named Goliath, who was from Gath, came out of the Philistines' camp. His height was six cubits and a span. He had a bronze helmet. Look at the description. He had a bronze helmet. You know, bronze is very heavy. For anybody to carry it, you are strong. Bronze helmet on his head and wore a coat of scale armor of bronze weighing 5,000 shekels. On his legs, he wore bronze. Bronze greaves and bronze javelin was slung on his back. His spear shaft was like a weaver's rod and his iron point weighed 600 shekels. His shield bearer went ahead of him. Goliath stood and shouted to the ranks of Israel, why do you come out and line up for battle? Am I not a Philistine? And are you not the servants of Saul? Choose a man and have him come down to me. If he is able to fight and kill me, we will become your subject. But if I overcome him and kill him, you will become our subject and serve us. Then the Philistine said, This day I defy the armies of Israel. Give me a man and let us fight each other. On hearing the Philistine words, Saul and the Israelites were dismayed and terrified. You see, the reason why they were scared was because of this description. The man, the description of the man was so terrifying. And they were focused on his height. They were focused on his size. And they were focused on the things he was carrying. And they saw a giant problem. And everybody 
was running until a 15-year-old boy showed up. First Samuel 17, verse 26. A 15-year-old boy showed up. Hear this. And David spake to the man that stood by him, saying, What shall be done to the man who killed this Philistine and take out away the reproach from Israel? For who is this uncircumcised Philistine that he should defy the armies of the living God? Look at David's description of him. David said, Who is this uncircumcised Philistine? And what will happen to the man who removes this disgrace from Israel? So for David, Goliath was not a nine feet tall giant. Goliath was an uncircumcised Philistine. And David was a circumcised Jew. And he had a covenant with God. And Goliath had no covenant with God. Number two, he was not a giant. He was a disgrace. And somebody must remove that disgrace. He saw differently. He saw differently. He did not see a giant. Creative people don't see problems. They see projects. Are you here? You are complaining about something. A creative person is looking beyond what you are complaining about. Are you here with me? So the secret of David's greatness was that when everybody was seeing a giant, he saw something different. And because he saw something different, he thought different about the thing. And he acted differently. Remember, when he was going to fight him, the first thing they said was that, you were a young boy. He said, I can fight him. I've killed bears and I've killed lions. This uncircumcised Philistine would be like one of them. He still maintained he was a uncircumcised Philistine. I would deal with him. You people, don't worry. You are seeing a giant. I am seeing like a lion and a bear. The way same way I dealt with them, I would deal with him like that. Are you here with me? <laughs> and then, you know when his brothers saw that he was talking too much, they wanted to sack him up. They say, my friend, my friend, my friend, who have you left a small ship for? Go back home. And the Bible said that he turned away from his brothers and went to another man. Creative people, when you don't speak what they see, they leave you. They don't find time trying to convince anybody to buy into their ideas. They don't. They are so confident about what they are seeing. Now, if we, if we had read further, in fact, he said, what will be done? What will be done to the man who kills this man? And then they say, if we kill him, if we kill the uncircumcised Philistine, you will eat at the king's table. The king will give the daughter, his daughter for you to marry. And your family will not pay taxes again. If we're a taxpayer, if we're a taxpayer and they tell you you won't pay taxes again, you should be rejoicing. Because you know what it means. If we're in America or the UK and they give you this, they tell you do something so you won't pay tax again. You will love it. In Africa, when you say it, because most people <laughs> invade taxes, they don't even feel the taxes. They don't know what it means to pay a tax. You, you, you get it. But when I see the amount of money my accountant is taking to go and pay tax, I really feel it. I feel it. So you see, everybody was seeing a giant. David was seeing a business opportunity. If I kill this man, I will eat with the king. If I kill this man, I become the king's son-in-law. Creative people see differently and think differently. Okay, I'm ready to go and fight him. Saul said, okay, get my armor, wear it. He said, King, this is too heavy for me. What I'm seeing, I don't need an armor to wear. What I'm seeing is a small problem. So he said, what are you going to use to fight him? He said, I have a stone here. I have five stones, but I think I'll use one. They say, you are not serious. They say, why am I not serious? This thing, this disgrace, it takes one stone to kill this disgrace. Now, when you read this story, you will think that it's not true. But it's okay to think that it's not true. Because creative people make you wonder if this is possible. 
are you here with me? Make you wonder if this thing is possible. He goes in there, slings a stone, Goliath is down. Goliath is down. So all these years we have been running away <laughs> from this man. It was going to take just one stone to kill this man. He has to take somebody who thought differently and saw differently and acted differently to bring the problem to are you here with me? So listen, if you want to generate creative ideas, don't deal with problems. Problems come in packages. They come with a, with a solution already packaged in it. One problem, when you buy a phone, one major problem you have is that the battery will run down. So when the phone is coming, it comes with a battery charger. So there's a problem. And the solution. That's how problems come. Problems come with their own solution. But if we focus on the problems without the solution, can never solve the problem. In fact, your motivation for solving the problem is the reward that is going to come. Am I speaking to somebody here? If everybody seems to disagree with you, don't worry because you are thinking differently. If people seem not to understand you, don't worry. You are acting differently. Being different is so wonderful. Like I'm a different pastor. I preach differently. I do things differently. My style, my style is so different. And you know, I prophesy, but I'm not a prophet. I have the grace to prophesy because I'm an apostle. Okay? But when I want somebody to give you deep prophetic word, I bring a prophet. Okay? But I'm a good teacher. So you don't, you don't see me bringing a lot of teachers here. Are you understanding me? So dare to be different. Think differently. See differently. Act differently. The next one is what we call strategic ideas. Strategic ideas. Wow. You see, let me tell you something. Strategic hmm. ideas are fisheristic ideas generated by people who see ahead, think ahead, act ahead, move ahead, and stay ahead. There are two groups of people here. Those who are stuck in their past and can't let go of the past. The boyfriends that offended them and disappointed them, they are so bitter. They are so bitter against the boyfriends. So another boyfriend is coming and he goes like, Hey, 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 my friend, don't come and worry me. Don't come and worry me. And there are another group of people who have forgotten the past and they are moving on. This one thing I do. This one thing I do. Forgetting about those things which are behind and focusing on those things which are ahead. They are called futuristic thinkers. Strategic thinkers. They think about the future. I've said it here before, but let me repeat it. Let's take O. O as standing for opportunity. Standing for opportunity. How many O's are there in yesterday? The word yesterday. No O, because there are no opportunities in yesterday. How many O's are there in the word today? One, because there are only few opportunities today. How many O's are there in the word tomorrow? Three, because there are more opportunities in the future. Okay? And futuristic thinkers, they are called strategic thinkers. They generate strategic ideas. They sit down and think about the future. And what they can do. Let, let me take you to Genesis 41 and show you something there. In fact, it was our anchor scripture, and I love it. Pharaoh had just had a dream, and the dream covered 14 years into the future. 14 years. Last Sunday, I was telling the people at the headquarters church how some people cannot even plan for one day. Pharaoh had a dream that covered 14 years ahead. I don't dream about, about witches chasing me. When I sleep, I don't dream about those things. I was just telling my big sister how when I'm even sleeping, I feel my mind is still working. Because I'm sleeping, but I still can feel my environment. I still 
I'm thinking about what we discussed in the office yesterday and all those things. It's still running through my mind until I wake up. So my mind has have no space for a wish to come and show his face. And then I wake up. When I wake up midnight to pray, because there's something about the future I've seen that I want to. Whilst Nebuchadnezzar was having nightmares, this man, Pharaoh, was dreaming seven years of abundance and seven years of famine. When he woke up, the first thing was, you see, the worst thing that can ever happen to you is to interpret your own dreams. Anytime you have a dream, you must look for a dream interpreter. Because when you try to interpret your own dreams, I'm not saying that dreams when you sleep, your own vision, the future things you want to do. When you try to give your interpretation to it yourself, you become so subjective. You need someone who is also a dreamer, a big dreamer, to discuss with the person. What do I do? Where do I go from here? Are you here with me? Okay, so Pharaoh had a dream, and now Joseph is brought from prison to interpret the dream. After he has interpreted the dream, he begins to give him strategic ideas. Ideas that will address the future. Young boy, young boy from prison. Look at him. Look at what he said. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. But seven years of famine will follow them. So he interprets the dream. Then all the abundance of Egypt will be forgotten. And the famine will ravage the land. You see, what we need in this country is to have one president who can just even see 10 years ahead and have a solid team, a solid team that can predict 10 years. From today, they can stand and predict. If we see what is happening in America, if we see what is happening in the UK, if we see what is happening in Japan, if we see what is happening here, by the next 10 years, this will happen in Africa and therefore Ghana. So let's build a team. So that's what happened. So one young man now tells Pharaoh, the president, he interprets his dreams for him here. And then now the young man begins to give him strategic ideas into the future. I gave one young man an appointment and I told him, listen, I have not appointed you to manage. I appointed you to lead. What he means is that I want to come to the office in the mornings and you rush to my office and give me all these ideas that is addressing my future concern. You can't do what I've, I gave you, manage it, and leave it there. Every day, you leave it there. And then you bring problems for me to solve for you. He don't go anywhere. All the guys around Pharaoh could not provide solutions to Pharaoh. Pharaoh was not looking for managers. Now, people are not employing managers. They're employing leaders. People that can take the small thing they hand over to them and move it on. I want to have a young man in my office who will come every morning and say, I have a presentation, sir. I say, you know this program that is not selling? This is my presentation. I believe that if we do this, the next three years, we will do this and do this and do this. And here are my reasons. Pa, 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 pa. I look at the person and I say, ha, this is a future CEO. Let me keep him. I won't let him go anywhere. If I'm even going to marry and the boy cannot give you the future plan, forget him. You will waste your time. He's talking about today. All the time, he's talking about what my father did. Hmm. My father didn't take me to school. Hmm. That man, there you are there. Don't worry, God is with us. God is with us. God is with us. The boy who is stuck in his past and talking just about his past, about his mother, his father, and he's in this church and he's talking about, about the bishop. Hmm. Since I came to this church, nobody has helped me. Nobody has helped me. This bishop like this, he has money, but he has not helped me. So don't worry, don't worry. Don't worry. He should worry. Not about the bishop or about his father. He should worry about the emptiness of his head. 
Tell him that if this is the way you talk, your head is empty. Think because they are boys who were born into valleys. Today they are on the mountain top. I believe one mommy found me in the valley, but one of the reasons why she married me was that I was in the valley, but I was talking about the mountain top. Are you here with me? I was not talking about all the dry leaves in the valley. I was talking about the dew on the mountain top and how I'm planning to get the dew on the mountain top. It was crucial for her. And she saw that this man, if I follow him, he's going somewhere. We meet a lady who is always holding on to the past. This my friend, don't talk to her. Three years ago, what she did to me, eh? and this, this, my cousin, when we go to my house, please, don't greet anybody. I don't want to greet anybody in the household. My auntie is a witch. My uncle is a wizard. The two of them, if you put them together, they are Satan. <laughs> my uncle and my auntie is equal to Satan. Don't do this. Don't do this. In the church, don't talk to anybody. Let's go. You see, these are not people you should be relating with. Think with people who see the future, talk about the future. They are hopeful about the future. They are going through some crisis, but they know that the God they serve, they are hopeful that God is taking them somewhere. They are not focused on their performance. They are focused on their potential. So let's look at Joseph. Joseph comes here, and then the abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. So he's telling Pharaoh, saying, Pharaoh, Egyptians are like Ghanaians. He's telling Pharaoh, if this year you give them all the money in the bank and you give them everything, if by next year the money finishes, they will forget that you give them that. They will vote against you. So make sure that you don't just let them eat the seven years of abundance. Nyafu, 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 nyafu. Or else the next seven years of famine, there will be a coup in your kingdom. They will forget you. So first he establishes a fact. He establishes the basis for the suggestions he's going to make. First, he tells him, he interprets the dream, and then establishes the premise on which he's going to make the other suggestions. When you have people like this around you, people like that around you, thinkers, are you here with me? Do you understand? Yeah. Hear this. The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter had been firmly decided by God, and God would do it soon. Now, he moves on further. He establishes the premise, and now most want to establish that what I'm going to tell you will happen. It's divine. It will happen. Nothing will change it. Ah, it's like a herbalist who sells one drug, and somebody gets cured. Somebody gets cured. He will come next time to the bars. and say, this drug, I sold it to one woman who was barren, and she got pregnant the next month. I am here. If I give it to you, and you go, and you try it, and you don't get pregnant, come and collect your money. So Joseph was telling Pharaoh, this thing is firmly decided. God has shown it to you twice. You decided. So listen to everything I'm going to tell you. Ah. And the whole thing was systematic. He interprets the dreams. He establishes a premise from which he's going to speak. He defines what the reaction of the people is going to be if he doesn't take from him. And tells him, this thing I'm going to tell you, it is from God. He shows his spirituality, inspiration from God. There's a spirit in man, and the inspiration of the Almighty given him understanding. Now, here, hear this. God given ideas. Hear this. And now, let Pharaoh look for a descendant and wise man to put him in charge of the land of Egypt. So now he begins to suggest to Pharaoh, look for a man. First, you must look for a man who is descending and a man who is wise. He's telling him, if I'm not descending, I won't, tell, I won't be able to interpret your dreams. If I'm not wise, I'll be. He begins to give him the kind of human resource he should recruit. Okay, now, here it is.
Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a feat of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. Now hear this. When he gave him all this thing, he made sure that Pharaoh does not feel threatened. He said, all these things I'm telling you, they must be kept under the authority of Pharaoh. Whether you get some young guys around you who think they think better than you, who think that they are smarter than you. You, 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 you get what I mean? The fact that you are interpreting someone's dream and giving suggestions does not mean that you are better than that person. The next one is what we call strategic ideas. Strategic ideas. Wow. You see, let me tell you something. Strategic hmm. ideas are fisheristic ideas generated by people who see ahead, think ahead, act ahead, move ahead, and stay ahead. There are two groups of people here. Those who are stuck in their past and can't let go of the past. The boyfriends that offended them and disappointed them, they are so bitter. They are so bitter against their boyfriends. So another boyfriend is coming and he goes like, hey, 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 my friend, don't come and worry me. Don't come and worry me. And there are another group of people who have forgotten the past and they are moving on. This one thing I do. This one thing I do. Forgetting about those things which are behind and focusing on those things which are ahead. They are called futuristic thinkers. Strategic thinkers. They think about the future. I've said it here before, but let me repeat it. Let's take O. O as standing for opportunity. Standing for opportunity. How many O's are there in yesterday? The word yesterday. No O, because there are no opportunities in yesterday. How many O's are there in the world today? One. Because there are only few opportunities today. How many O's are there in the world tomorrow? Three. Because there are more opportunities in the future. Okay? And futuristic thinkers, they are called strategic thinkers. They generate strategic ideas. They sit down and think about the future and what they can do. Let, let me take you to Genesis 41 and show you something there. In fact, it was our anchor scripture and I love it. Pharaoh had just had a dream. And the dream covered 14 years into the future. This man, Pharaoh, was dreaming seven years of abundance and seven years of famine. When he woke up, the first thing was, you see, the worst thing that can ever happen to you is to interpret your own dream. Anytime you have a dream, you must look for a dream interpreter. Because when you try to interpret your own dreams, I'm not saying that dreams when you sleep, your own vision, the future things you want to do. When you try to give your interpretation to it yourself, you become so subjective. You need someone who is also a dreamer, a big dreamer, to discuss with the person. What do I do? Where do I go from here? Are you here with me? Okay, so Pharaoh had a dream, and now Joseph is brought from prison to interpret the dream. After he has interpreted the dream, he begins to give him strategic ideas, ideas that will address the future. Young boy, young boy from prison, look at him, look at what he said. Seven years of great abundance are coming throughout the land of Egypt. But seven years of famine will follow them. So he interprets the dream. Then all the abundance of Egypt will be forgotten and the famine will ravage the land. So that's what happened. So one young man now tells Pharaoh, the president, he interprets his dreams for him. Here. And then now the young man begins to give him strategic ideas. So let's look at Joseph. Joseph comes here and then the abundance in the land will not be remembered because the famine that follows it will be so severe. So he's telling Pharaoh, saying Pharaoh, Egyptians are like Ghanaians. He's telling Pharaoh. If this year you give them all the money in the bank and you give them everything, if by next year the money finishes, they will forget that you give them that. They will vote against you. 
So make sure that you don't just let them eat the seven years of abundance. Nyafu, 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 nyafu. Or else the next seven years of famine, there will be a coup in your kingdom. They will forget you. So first he establishes a fact. He establishes the basis for the suggestions he's going to make. First he tells him, he interprets the dream. And then establishes the premise on which he's going to make the other suggestions. When you have people like this around you, people like that around you, thinkers, are you here with me? Do you understand? The reason the dream was given to Pharaoh in two forms is that the matter had been firmly decided by God and God would do it soon. Now, he moves on further. He establishes the premise and now moves on to establish that what I'm going to tell you will happen. It's divine. It will happen. Nothing will change it. Ah, it's like a herbalist who sells one drug and somebody gets cured. Somebody gets cured. He will come next time to the bars and say, this drug, I sold it to one woman who was barren. And she got pregnant the next month. I am here. If I give it to you and you go and you try it and you don't get pregnant, come and collect your money. So Joseph was telling Pharaoh, this thing is firmly decided. Though. God has shown it to you twice. He decided. So listen to everything I'm going to tell you. Ah. And the whole thing was systematic. He interprets the dreams. He establishes a premise from which he's going to speak. He defines what the reaction of the people is going to be if he doesn't take from him and tells him, this thing I'm going to tell you, it is from God. He shows his spirituality, inspiration from God. There's a spirit in man and the inspiration of the Almighty given him understanding. Now hear, hear this. God giving ideas, hear this. And now, let Pharaoh look for a descendant and wise man to put him in charge of the land of Egypt. So now he begins to suggest to Pharaoh, look for a man. First, you must look for a man who is descending and a man who is wise. He's telling him, if I'm not descending, I won't, tell, I won't be able to interpret your dreams. If I'm not wise, I won't be. He begins to give him the kind of human resource he should recruit. Okay, now, here it is. Let Pharaoh appoint commissioners over the land to take a feat of the harvest of Egypt during the seven years of abundance. They should collect all the food of these good years that are coming and store up the grain under the authority of Pharaoh to be kept in the cities for food. Now hear this. When he gave him all this thing, he made sure that Pharaoh does not feel threatened. He said, all these things I'm telling you, they must be kept under the authority of Pharaoh. Because you get some young guys around you who think they think better than you, who think that they are smarter than you. You, 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 you get what I mean? The fact that you are interpreting someone's dream and giving suggestions does not mean that you are better than that person. Are you here with me? So this boy was a very wise man. He was speaking. Pharaoh was at his disposal. Pharaoh was at his mercy. It was one who was saying that Pharaoh was listening. But he was recognizing that this man, this man is a man of authority. He hasn't gotten here by mistake. He has gotten here by something I don't have. I may have the answer to this, but I may not have the answer to everything he needs. And I must recognize that here. This food should be held in reserve for the country to be used during the seven years of famine that will come upon Egypt. But the country may not be ruled by the, by the famine. Okay. The plan seemed good to Pharaoh and to all his officials. Can we move on? So Pharaoh asked them, can anyone find anyone like this man? Here. One in whom is the spirit of God. That's what I'm talking about God giving ideas. So all these things Pharaoh, if Joseph was talking, Pharaoh who was an unbeliever, an unbeliever saw that then this thing this person is talking about is by the spirit of God. You see, 
when you are a believer, when you are a believer, you have an added advantage. Let your bosses in the office know that as for this guy, the ideas he gives is above his age, is above his talent, is above his educational qualification because he has the spirit of God in him. He has the spirit of God in him. Didn't Laban say that of Jacob? He said, I know by divination. I have asked my gods, why am I getting blessed? And they are my gods. Even Satan said the truth. My gods have told me, you are getting blessed because of that boy, Jacob. Jacob's anointing forced Satan to say the truth. When you are carrying the spirit of God upon your life, wherever you enter, you must carry solution. You must be a solution provider, not a problem. Hey, that is what will make you different from everybody. Where unbelievers are limited, that is where you become unlimited. When you trust in horses and chariots and you leave God out, you become defeated. Look at this young man from prison to the palace. But the spirit of God was upon him and was speaking to the most powerful man on earth at the time. And they take you from James, James Ford and fly you to America. At the time you realize you are before Obama. Obama is asking you what to do. The first thing some of you will say that, well, before I tell you, I have to make sure that I don't go back to Ghana again. Give me citizenship before I tell you. And then my mother, my father, and my sisters and brothers, they are all suffering in Ghana. They are suffering in Ghana. Bring them here before I tell you. Anytime your motivation first is money, it's you. You miss it. Joseph came here and was not talking about him. Was providing answers and solutions by the Spirit of God. But at the end of the day, hear this. Then Pharaoh said to Joseph, since God has made all this known to you, there is no one so descending and wise as you. You shall be in charge of my palace. And all my people are to submit to your orders. Only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. So and let me teach you something here. Every time there must be one person seen leading. You know, sometimes we senior pastors, you can call a young pastor and say, when you were in the public, the things you said, you shouldn't have said so. Because those things are meant for bishops to say, for leaders to say it. If you are, he's threatened, no. He's threatened. Now God is using me and he wants to put impediments my way. Pharaoh teaches a very important lesson. He said, listen, you shall be in charge of my palace. I don't care. And all my people are to submit to your orders. I don't care. But only with respect to the throne will I be greater than you. Because when, if we are in charge of the palace and I have the throne, I'm still in charge. I, 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 I understand what I'm talking about. Listen, Joseph became a financial savior because of this. When he gave this idea to Pharaoh, and he was appointed the second in command. Egypt became so wealthy, so wealthy. In fact, he turned the whole country into a communist state. Everybody sold, even people, citizens, sold their things to the government for grain. He became so powerful. Pharaoh became so powerful. Now, the people that wanted to kill him for his dreams, his brothers, their families have grown. They were over 70. Am I right? They were 70. They were not looking for food. He has become a financial savior. Because the guy could generate strategic ideas. He has become a financial savior. In a foreign land, though, we sit here and the Ghanaians, we cry. Eh? We are here. We are here and they are going to bring somebody from somewhere to come and manage our state. Pharaoh didn't care whether the guy was, had, been raped, had been accused of rape, whether he was a priest, an ex-convict, whether he was an Egyptian or not. He carried something that would solve the problem. Forget, listen, forget about where people come from. 
Don't deal with people based on emotions. You must be principled about dealing with people. Here, Pharaoh was not thinking about emotions. Now here, the conclusion of the matter is this. These people who wanted to kill um, Joseph for his dreams, now were looking for food. If they had Joseph, Joseph would have given them the ideas he gave Pharaoh. And Pharaoh would have come to look for food from them. The guy has gone to sell his ideas somewhere, and now they're chasing him to go and look for food. They went there, they discovered it was the brother we sold him, whom we sold. Okay, now, no problems. You have sold me, you have come. Where, where is my father? He's there, he's dying of hunger. Where are your children? They are all dying of hunger. hunger. Even we ourselves, don't you see? Look at our bones. <laughs> we look like skeleton, we are dying of hunger. The guy created a whole estate. Pharaoh gave him a whole community. Community brought 70 hungry people. 70 hungry people. When they were transported, we should see them. 70 hungry people. He brought them to take care of them. You, you can't even feed you, you and your wife and your two children. One man fed 70 people. By the time they were living, they were about 2.5 million or 3 million. They were become big. Big. One man. One man. Why? Strategic thinking. Shake your head and say, God, touch my brain. Let me be a strategic thinker. I'm not looking for anybody who wants to remind me of my past. Don't be a grave digger. Let me bury things in my past. Don't come and dig things from my past. Hey, you know, you know, I want to move forward. I want to go forward. That is where opportunities are. And I'm going. May God raise strategic thinkers in this house. May God raise people who will come out with strategic ideas that will change this nation. And change their families. It is done. It is secured in the blood. In Jesus' name. Amen. The Lord bless all of you. We're grateful for tuning in to the Pleasant Word broadcast with Bishop Gideon Titi Ofer. Brought to you by the Pleasant Place Shifo Chapel. The church with pleasant people. Find the Pleasant Place on the Spintus Road. Basket bus stop near Unibank. Dial 264 133333 for more information.